I want us to read in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 6. Luke chapter 2, verse number 6. It says, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you, everybody say unto you. For unto you is born this day, In the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger unto you. In the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, a passage of Scripture that was written centuries before this night in Bethlehem, The writer Isaiah, with the gift of prophecy upon him, says, For unto us, everybody say, unto us. Unto us. In Luke's account, the angel said, unto you is born. Isaiah said, unto us is born. Unto means it is for us. It is a gift unto you and unto us. For unto us. A child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Just think about it, a child that would be born, who would be called the Everlasting Father. That means a father with no beginning the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. Unto you is born, unto us a child is born. And I want to talk to you for just a moment today as we celebrate Christmas together about mercy in a manger, mercy in a manger. Lord Jesus, we thank you today for the blessing and favor that you've sent our direction. We thank you today for the greatest gift of Christmas ever, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that you weren't content to stay enthroned in glory with thousands upon thousands of angels exalting and shouting holy. But you condescended, took on you the form of a servant in a lowly place, in a manger you were laid. We thank you for that today. And today we want to lift you up, Jesus. Today we want to exalt you, Jesus. Today we want to celebrate you, Jesus, and the difference that you have made in our lives. We ask this in the name of the Lord that you would bless us 
In Jesus' name, amen. If anybody's crazy about Jesus, why don't you put your hands together and praise him right now? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. If you are a parent today, you understand that a child does not have to be trained to understand the need for a sense of fairness. Little kids pick it up pretty easily. Have you ever heard this before if you're a parent? That's not fair. Anybody ever heard that before? What does that mean? That means it's not right. It's not fair. It's not just that this would happen the way it's happened. If things were fair, I wouldn't have been left out. If things were fair, I would have got what she got. There is within human beings, this sense of a need for fairness and a need for justice. And that goes both ways because when someone does, one of your children does the other child wrong, there is also a sense of justice. I don't know if you've ever heard this one before, but dad, are you going to spank her? Are you going to do something about that? Are you going to punish her? She hit me, dad. What are you going to do? This sense of fairness extends to retribution as well, that the person gets what they deserve. And this is basically, this sense of fairness and justice is the foundation, foundational psychology of the Old Testament, the law. The law said, these are the expectations. These are the rules This is what God commands. And with many of the laws and expectations were attached, the penalty for failure to submit to it. Why? Because if there were no laws, people would trample over one another. If there were no expectations, the strong would take advantage of the weak. And there would be anarchy among human beings. So the law given by God was God's expectations for, number one, how they would respond to him, how they would uh, live in relationship with the creator, but secondly, how they would treat one another, how they would respect one another, how they would respect each other's property, how they would respect each other's space. And in so doing, there would be harmony in society. There would be harmony in culture. And so the beauty of the law is that it taught people how to get along. The downside of the law is when you messed up, you had to pay the penalty. Justice demanded that if you took an eye, it would be an eye for an eye. If you knocked out a tooth, it would be a tooth for a tooth. If you slew the animal of one of your uh, neighbors, then you would have to give one on their behalf. This is the fundamental nature of the law. Is It's based on merits. If you are good, then you will not be penalized. If you are bad, 
then you have to pay the penalty and carry the shame of your failures and your shortcomings. I want you to understand that night in Bethlehem when the angel appeared to the shepherds and gave them the glad tidings of good news. It was good news because this little baby that was going to be born was introducing a new dispensation of time to the family of man. In his little body was flowing blood that would one day be shed, that would be the basis of a new covenant and a new testament between God and man. And while the old covenant was meritorious, that means it was based on the, uh, the value of the person who is willing to come, and bathed in the blood of lambs to cover and atone for every sin and failure that a person would make. The new covenant was not based on merit, but this new covenant that the babe in the manger was going to introduce was based on grace and mercy. So it was not just a baby in a manger, it was mercy in a manger. Mercy says you don't get what you deserve, but grace is unmerited favor. I want to tell you today that the celebration of Christmas uh, is about the fact uh, that you do not get just what you deserve. But because mercy was placed in a manger, because God decided to condescend from his throne in glory, because the lawgiver and the judge said, I'm going to come to this planet and I'm going to offer my life as a ransom for many, you and I don't get what we deserve. I think that ought to make somebody excited to know that I don't receive what I deserve, but I get grace and mercy even though I don't deserve it. When Jesus was laid in a manger, hope was born in the heart of every person who had ever made a huge mistake. Talk about huge mistakes. Mistakes that hurt people deep. Mistakes that mess up the direction of your life. Mistakes that bring consequences with them that are hurtful. I'm talking about big blunders that mess up your marriage. Things that destroy your finances. Things that make a mess of your physical body. I'm talking about big blunders and big mistakes. These mistakes that would disqualify you from being a part of the Old Testament covenant. These mistakes that would have kept you out of the temple and made it impossible for you to be atoned for your sins. These kind of mistakes that all of us uh, in one form or another have in our history and our background. But I thank the Lord today that the mistakes of my past uh, I don't have to carry with me in the future. And while the Old Testament provided for blood to be shed for atonement for sins, it was not an eternal eradication of sins because one year later, you're going to have to do it all over again. You're going to have to be reminded again of every failure and every mistake you've made and make atonement again for your mistakes. But Jesus died on a cross once and for all. The Messiah that came to 
to Bethlehem, died on a cross once and for all so that our sins would be eradicated and there would never have to be a sacrifice that would be offered again. Can we give praise to the Lord for that? Let me uh, give you a visual of this transition between the dispensation of law and the dispensation of grace. In John chapter number 8, the story is told of Jesus being approached by a group of Pharisees that brought with them a woman caught in adultery. It says, taken in adultery. That means that she was caught in the act of adultery. And they brought her and they set her in the midst where Jesus was and they said this in chapter 8, verse 4. They said, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Moses' law says that this woman should be stoned. He is saying, the law says if she does this, this is the punishment she deserves and justice demands her demise by stoning. What sayest thou? How about you, master? How about you, rabbi? What's your take on this? They said this because they wanted to catch him in a statement so that they could bring accusation against them. And the Bible says that Jesus, when they said that, he said, he stooped down and began to write on the ground as though he didn't even hear them. And they kept asking him, come on, what do you say? What do you say? And Jesus said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. And then he stooped down again and wrote on the ground. The Bible says that when they heard it, they dropped their stones one by one, and they began to walk out of that place. See, what was happening is not that Jesus was going to overlook the sin, and not that the sin didn't matter anymore, but mercy was meeting justice. The Bible says in the Old Testament, this passage of Scripture uh, in uh, in the Old Testament says, in Psalms 85 and 10, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. In this age when Jesus came, justice and mercy came together. Not that she was not going to be punished. Not that she wasn't going to die. But that somebody was going to die in her place. And it was Jesus who knew that he was going to hang on the cross because this woman had sinned and had been caught in the very act of adultery. He knew that the price was going to be paid for her. So justice was meeting mercy right there. It's going to be paid for, but I'm going to pay for it. You're not going to get what you deserve because I'm not going to get what I deserve. I'm going to pay the price even though I don't deserve it. Amen. This is the message of mercy in the manger is that Jesus didn't deserve to die. 
He's the only one that was sinless. And he was the only one there that day could have, that could have picked up a stone and hurled it at her. He didn't throw a stone at her because he was going to receive the stone on himself. That's what mercy is about. Are you listening to me right now? That's what the message of Jesus is about. The one that could stone you. The one that could condemn you. The one that could throw you under the bus says, not only am I not going to condemn you, but I'm going to be condemned for you. I'm going to be condemned in your place. I'm going to be stoned in your place. I'm going to be thrown under the bus in your place. I'm going to be shamed in your place. I'm going to be hung naked on a tree in your place. I'm going to pour out my blood in your place. I wish somebody would get it right now because every mistake that you've made, it's not just that it's been overlooked. It's not just that it's been forgotten, but he said, I'm going to take it on me. I'm going to take the shame on me. I'm going to take the punishment on me. That's what the little baby in the manger was about it was about unmerited favor it was about mercy that's why I can't afford to have half-hearted tepid praise and worship to God he deserves my praise as big as I can get it he deserves my celebration as big as I can get it. I've come here to celebrate Jesus today. I've come here to celebrate the one that was sent unto me and unto us. This gift that would make it possible that I wouldn't have to pay the penalty for my sin. Because mercy showed up. Mercy was manifest in a manger. How beautiful. Not in a, a beautiful little cradle or crib in the household of a prince, king. No. In a manger they laid the little baby. Humble. From a humble beginning. I don't think we realize just how humble the beginning of Jesus was. God manifest in the flesh. The king of the universe. The creator of all things. The giver of the law was made manifest in the flesh, he wasn't attractive. He wasn't beautiful. The Bible says there was nothing about his appearance that would attract people to him. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was born to parents whose reputation was sullied because they got pregnant before they were married. That was a big deal back then. During the dispensation of the law, that was a big deal. Amen. And so they had this story. She's never slept with anybody. She's a virgin. So not only did they think that they messed up, now they think she's crazy if she thinks we're going to believe that story. This, I'm telling you the truth right now. I mean, we, we like sugarcoat it and make it look all pretty and oh, everybody's just excited and celebrating. No, they were looked down on. And that's where the master chose to show up. I want to tell you that God wants to manifest his glory in the world and in your life. And don't anticipate that it's going to come through the top. Sometimes it comes from the low estate. Amen. In Bethlehem, a small, insignificant community, there was Jesus born that day. Mercy was shown to us. I want you to look at this scripture. I, I tell you what's amazing. There are 48 specific prophecies that Jesus Christ fulfilled in his life, even though they were written centuries before he was born. And there are some people that believe that Jesus isn't the Messiah. Many of the Hebrew people rejected his Messiahship, but if they were to read, think about this right now, if they were to read Isaiah 53 and 4, where it says, Surely 
He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep are gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him this baby that was born, the iniquity of us all. He paid a debt you could not pay. My God. I'm going to tell you right now, if we took the, the Old Testament law and applied it to our life, all of us would have been, be toast. Can I get an amen, somebody? We'd be toast. The penalties would be stacked against us so bad. We couldn't come up with enough bullocks and lambs and turtle doves to take care of our situation. He paid a debt we could not pay. And I want to tell you the story and the parable of Je that Jesus told of the man that had the huge, massive debt that he could never pay back. But the man that he owed it to said, rather than throw you in prison and deliver you to the tormentors, I'm going to forgive you of this debt that you can't pay back. That's what mercy in a manger did for you. Some of you are carrying around guilt, shame, that you don't have to carry anymore. You know why? Because Jesus was born and he died, so you don't have to carry around guilt or shame for your mistakes and your failures and shortcomings anymore. It's done. Look at somebody in the eye right now and say, it's done. Look at somebody else and said, it's all over. You've been forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of the lamb that was shed for you. But this is the last thing I want to say as I close up to here this afternoon because everybody's got Christmas on their mind and they say they're real sleepy and tired and everybody's falling asleep on me. Maybe I can do a puppet show. <laughs> That wake you up? Rah, that wake you up? <laughs> the, the parable of Jesus is this, that we just shared with you, and you, all of us have heard it, but I want to remind you today, is that the man who had been forgiven went out and chose not to forgive the person that owed him, held it against him. See, it was a smaller amount, seemingly less significant. He took the man by the throat and said, I'm going to throw you in prison until you pay me back this much smaller amount than what was originally owed. Let me tell you right now that the one that forgave expected the forgiven to forgive. Let me say that again. The one who forgave expected the forgiven to forgive. Mercy manifest in the manger expected those that obtained mercy to give mercy. Now I want to tell you today that the, the beautiful thing about the way that um, the celebration of the birth of the Lord happens at the end of the year, even though we know, all of us know, Jesus probably wasn't born in December, probably not on the 25th, but this is when we celebrate it. And it, it's right before the new year and... 
a new year, the turning over a new leaf, the, the start of something new, is I want you to understand today, I want to make it clear that if you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, if you ask him to forgive you, and you say, Jesus, I want, I want you to be Lord of my life, I want, you, I want to follow you, that he will forgive you of every sin that you've ever committed. He will extend mercy no matter how many people you've hurt or how many things that you've done wrong. The Lord will forgive you of every one. And you can start with a clean slate. You can start with a new year. You can start out without carrying. See, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want anybody in this place to carry any of the guilt of 2013 into 2014. You don't have to. It's foolish to. It'll drag you down, and it's a waste. I want you to release it. I want you to let it go because he said, I don't condemn you. Yesterday's sins I will not hold against you. Yesterday's sins I'm going to nail to the cross. I want you to just to go forth from today. Sin no more. Jesus was saying in essence, now follow me. Follow me. Live your life following me. Now you may stumble along the way. You may have to get up and wipe your knee off. You may make a mistake. You may embarrass yourself. It's going to happen. It happens because we're still human beings. We're still flesh. Sometimes we get out of the routine of walking after the Spirit and start walking in the flesh again, and that's a recipe for disaster. But we're going to start the new year walking in the Spirit. We're going to spend some time in the presence of the Lord, fasting and prayer, personal devotion. It feels good even thinking about it right now. That we're going to draw close to Him. We're going to shut the world out for a little bit with this media fast, and then uh, we're going to block our eyes and our ears from any stimulus that is, is fleshly. And then after that, we're going to close our mouth and our stomach off. And we're going to uh, be uh, cleansed. And there's going to be a transition from the mind of the flesh to the mind of the spirit. But there's a newness that's going to happen and a freshness. But before, before that can really happen, you've got to accept and receive God's forgiveness. And today, I want to challenge you to do that. It's real simple. All you have to do is find a place. We're going to gather up here around the front. It'll be a great day and a great place to do it. And just say, God, I really messed up. I made some mistakes this year. And um, I, I've dropped the ball a few times. Maybe it's not just this year. Maybe you're carrying guilt from things that happened a long time ago. And you need to give it to the Lord. He said, take your burdens to me. Take your burdens to the cross. Leave them there. Leave them at the cross. Don't carry them with you. Because the manger is not about what you earn. The manger is about unmerited favor. And today God says, I'm extending it to you. I took your penalty. Please receive forgiveness. You can do that. And then finally, just a few minutes from now, my wife and I, a couple hours, and our kids are going to jump in the car that we've already got packed, and we're going to drive 22 hours to Oklahoma spend a few days, about four or five days with a crazy bunch of people and I guarantee you it probably won't be a few hours after we get there and we're going to look at each other and say why did we drive all this way As, let's be real right now family's great but family does some things sometimes that just aggravate us, don't, don't you know what I'm saying it's like so there's something that's been said or something that's going to be said Somebody's going to say something and you're like, oh, it's going to just rub you the wrong way. 
You'll be ready to wring somebody's neck and you're going to go and find a place where you can put a pillow over your face and scream at them in a room where they can't hear you. I'm being real right now, okay? Because family's precious, but family being so close sometimes can hurt us. And uh, some of you are going to put forth effort to be together with family this week. Maybe not 22 hours, but you're going to get there and you're going to be thinking about things that happened in the past. Memories of hurts, memories of offenses, memories of people that did you wrong. And I want to tell you right now, listen to me. The message of mercy in a manger is not just that you obtain mercy, but you've got to give it to And I want to encourage somebody here today to release some things that you've been holding against people that have affected relationships. Affected the most important relationships with family members. It's important for you not to hold it against them. For you to release it because the joy and the comfort and the strength of family is worth so much more than that little grudge that you're bearing. And on top of that, the Lord Jesus made it plain that the forgiveness he extended to you is predicated on your willingness to forgive those that did you wrong. If you want to hold on to the mercy in a manger, you've got to be willing to extend mercy to your mother, to your brother, to the cousins, and even an ongoing extension of mercy because it's not just something that happened years ago. Maybe the words will be hurtful again. Nobody's perfect. Guess what? Look in the mirror. Neither are you, neither am I. In order for relationships to really work, it's not about merit, it's not about deserving, it's not about fairness, it's not about justice. It's about mercy. You are carriers of the message of mercy. You can't afford to be a holder of grudges. You're extending the mercy that was extended to you. (laughs) And I want to tell somebody right now, That when your unsaved loved one sees the mercy you're extending to them, something in their appetite is going to be whetted. Their desire for something that has changed you is going to well up in their spirit that they could experience and receive transformation. So I want us to live and walk in that manner this week. When we see that person, I want us to love them. I want us to be kind. I want us to show mercy. Can we do that? As members of the body of Christ, can we do that? Why don't we stand together and just come up to the front here before we leave? Could you join me up here, church family? I know a lot of us are on vacation or already gone, but many of you are here today. Our guests and friends, I want you to come up with us as well. Merry Christmas. you forget everything else, I want you to remember this as you leave here today, as as you celebrate in a couple days, Christmas Eve and then Christmas, I want you to remember this, remember this, the message of Christmas, the message of the manger is I don't get what I deserve, I get so much more than what I deserve and so much better than what I deserve, 
So as a recipient of that mercy, I've got to be willing to show that. And I want you to make it personal right now. I know we're so good at imposing this principle and doctrine on other people. But then when it comes to our issues, we're like, but I have every reason to feel this way. I have every reason to hold on to this. Listen, Jesus has every reason to feel that way about you. We've trampled his grace and mercy under his feet, our feet. But he's merciful and he loves us. Can we show mercy and love too? I want us to take a moment right now, just a moment, and I want us to receive God's forgiveness. If you need to ask him to forgive you, if you need to repent of your sins, please do that right now. And I want you just to absorb and take in the fact that you don't get what you deserve, but God's forgiven you. Can you receive that right now? Lord Jesus, I thank you that I've been forgiven, I've been washed, I've been made clean by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for taking stripes on your back, receiving a crown of thorns, being beaten, Lord Jesus, nailed to a cross, pierced through your hands and your feet. The prophet prophesied this years before crucifixion was even in vogue. He said the master is going to be pierced, and Lord, you were pierced with spikes, your hands and feet, and I receive, Lord God, the forgiveness you've given to me. I'm not going to carry a grudge against myself. I'm not going to harbor hard feelings against myself, but Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. Lift up your hands right now and receive God's forgiveness. Lord Jesus, thank you for washing and cleansing and making me whole. Thank you for giving me new life. Thank you for giving me a fresh start, Lord Jesus. Thank you that 2014 is brand new, that 2013 is behind me. It's beyond. It's been forgiven. It's been washed away. And I thank you, Jesus, that I walk in newness of life, that I walk in mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus that you've cleansed me. Thank you, Lord God, that you give me a fresh start. Thank you that none of this is held against me, but I'm new in you, Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. 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 Hallelujah. I want you to clench up your fists right now with your hands raised. Clench up your fists right now with your hands raised. And then I want you to release uh, anybody that owes you anything. Anybody that's done you wrong. I want you to release it right now. Over Christmas when I see my family members, I'm not going to hold it against them. But I'm going to extend love and mercy because it's worth it. Uh, It's worth it to release it. It's worth it to forgive them. It's worth it to find newness of life. Come on, let's praise him right now. Who are we that you would be mindful of us? What do you see when you look our way? We are free. In ways that we never should be. Sweet release from the grip of these chains. Like hinges straining from the weight, my heart no longer keep from singing all that is within me cries for you alone be glorified 
chains are gone, Emmanuel, God with us, such a tiny offering, compared to Such a tiny offering compared to Calvary, but nevertheless, we lay it at your feet, oh, like hinges straining from the weight. My heart no longer can keep from singing. All that is within me cries for you alone. Be glorified, Emmanuel, God with Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands and thank him right now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've forgiven, Lord God. Thank you for what you've taken, Jesus, upon you. Hallelujah. Amen. The last thing that I want to do right now is I want us to pray for our community here right now. Uh, we got word that there was a, a, a tragedy last night. There was a shooting of an 18-year-old young African-American man here in Duarte and so there's concern of retaliations and so forth. So I want us to pray for our community that there will be peace right here in the name of Jesus right now. Can we pray, Lord? Jesus, we thank you, God, for the community that you've put us in to be salt and light. And we pray right now in the powerful, precious name of Jesus that there would be peace on earth, Lord God. In Monrovia and Duarte, Arcadia, in our area right here, Jesus, we speak peace to this situation, Lord God. Let mercy be extended, Lord Jesus. Let the grace of the Most High, Lord God, be extended to this family that's hurting, Lord God, to those, Jesus, that have lost today. In the name of the Lord, we pray for our community. In Jesus' name, God, we pray for revival, Lord God. We pray for spiritual renewal, Lord God. We pray, Lord Jesus, for your mercy to be extended to each and every family, Lord. In our region, we pray it in the name of Jesus. Uh, hallelujah. If you believe God's answering that prayer right now, put your hands together and give thanks to him. <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. Now for the next few moments, we're uh, going to just celebrate together. There are some uh, things that are provided out in the foyer for us to spend some time together. Also, for those that are going to HYC, we need you to register out in the foyer with Brother Ulysses. And, um, and then in a few moments, if you'd help us uh, tear down the set stage, those of you that are willing to stay and help us for just a few moments, 
only one more week. Can you believe it? One more week of the setup and the teardown, and then there will be much, much rejoicing. God bless you. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. God bless you.